1: Edge podcast from BetMGM. Chase, I got to give you credit, man. Ohio against Kent State. That was beautiful. I wrote it. It was one of my favorite plays of the week. They should have won that game outright. It was a shame, but just wanted to give you your props on Ohio because that was nicely done.
0: I appreciate that, Pete. You know, when you're in this business, you got to think for your supper. So uh, back to the grindstone, find another few winners, and we do it again next week.
1: That's exactly right. Now, Chase, I'm kind of looking for a game on the board this week that is a similar spot to Kent State, coming off a nice performance against Georgia, where it's almost like a moral victory. And I think you have to look no further than the team that just played Georgia this past week in Missouri. And I look at their spot this week against Florida, and you just have to imagine that there's going to be a little bit of a letdown there. The spread is is ten and a half this week. Do you have any play yet in Missouri at Florida?
0: I don't think so, just because I, I don't really like the number. I think Florida's been a little bit bipolar, and, and I would hate, I would hate to get involved at that price in that particular game. So. I I love the idea. I love the approach. It just feels like for that particular spot, it doesn't really work out for me.
2: Let me ask you this, Chase Kitty, welcoming you on the show. (laughs) Wisconsin fires their head coach. They go into Northwestern. Plus 10 is Northwestern. They're 10-point favorites. I think the dead cat bounce is real. Some people don't. What would you do, if anything, in this game? And do you think there's going to be some extra juice for Wisconsin? Uh, given the fact that they just fired their coach?
0: I mean, again, it's it's one of those things where it's it's one of the most common questions I get asked, is like, hey, X team just fired their coach. How do we do this? And it's just case by case. With, with Wisconsin Northwestern, you could be getting Big Ten West rock fight where Wisconsin wins 15 to 8, some weird score. Uh, you could get Wisconsin winning by 30 because they come out and they perform well and Northwestern might be terrible. and Not even really a might at this point. It seems like they're not very good. Uh, or, or Northwestern could do something weird because it's Pat Fitzgerald and they went out right. So, I, I mean, no feel for that one at all, to be honest with you.
1: Chase, game I want to get your thoughts on is the Red River rivalry at the oh, Cotton you took Bowl. took it right out of my this mouth, This weekend, Peach. Trista, this is the game. It's, I,
2: me, it's me and Peach have a show bet a oh, little bit. Oh, we
1: do? Oh, you're riding with Texas I this
2: Yeah, okay. I think I am. The, I just think Oklahoma stinks.
1: Yeah, uh, fair. I mean, they, they do if you watch them play the last two games. But, Chase, I really like Oklahoma in this game, plus seven. I think I'm even going to sprinkle them on the money line. And the theory being, I just feel like really the last decade in this series— These two teams, it seems like one of them always comes in trending up and one of them always comes in trending downward. And the team that's trending downward usually plays really well in this matchup. So for that being the case, I'm riding with Oklahoma plus seven. Your thoughts in this game? Well, you're
0: definitely right about the historical angle. Uh, And usually the last 10 to 15 years, it's been Oklahoma who's really up. Uh, They played some tough game in the first half of the season. Uh, or they played Kansas State early and, and they lost a game, but they're like four and one and still ranked in the top ten. And Texas is doing Texas things. They're somehow ranked twenty third, but they're two and three. And then they play at the Texas State Fair at the Cotton Bowl, and it's a one score game, even though Texas is like a nineteen point underdog. Like that's the stuff we see all the time in this game. And it's interesting that the roles are kind of reversed in this spot. Oklahoma is the most last place the most talked about last place team in college football right now. It seems like they're 0-2 in the Big 12, and it's not like they lost to world beaters, right? (laughs) They lost to Kansas State and TCU, who were both labeled, I think, correctly as dark horse candidates. But if you're 0-2 with losses to TCU and Kansas State, that's very different than being 0-2 with losses to Texas and Baylor. So, I think that the number here and the evolution of the number is the key part to watch because Texas opened here as three and professional bettors came in and just murdered this number, flew it all the way up to seven basically overnight. And that's where it is here Tuesday night. It's, it's pretty much consensus seven. I lean toward the Longhorns just because I think Oklahoma has real structural structural problems. Uh, but, it's a rivalry game, and, and to your point, like you laid out, like this is a game and a matchup where we see a team that's trending down come in and get points and cover, even if they don't win outright. So for that reason, I think it's, it's ultimately a no play, but I lean Texas pretty firmly.
2: All right, let's talk about Tennessee at LSU, an oh, interesting line. I was going to ask
1: him about that one. We're just on yeah, like the same wavelength today.
2: Tennessee minus three, uh, the total is 63-and-a-half. LSU had a real scare put into them by Auburn, which is probably the worst team in the SEC, if not one of the worst. Yeah, them and um, Vandy. Oof. Them and Vandy are are just hard to watch, <laughs> honestly. So the fact that Auburn got to an early big lead on LSU is is concerning in the Brian Kelly era. Tennessee comes into LSU off of a bye, right, and now they're only getting three. What would you do in this in this spot? Would you do anything with the total? Would you do anything with the, with the uh, side?
0: I think it depends on how much you uh, how much you're ready to buy into the full ceiling of the Brian Kelly experience. I think LSU is going to be really good under him. I'm just skeptical about year one. I think he's a little ahead already of where I thought he was going to be. LSU plus three. I think anytime you're looking at those threes, and maybe more so in the NFL, but still, I think three is it's not quite two and a half, and it's not quite three and a half, but it's a number where the sports book is, is sort of tacitly manipulating to feel some kind of way about the favorite. And so what I've been doing the last couple of years is anytime I see a two and a half or a three, I kind of instinctively trend toward the dog in that spot. So for that reason here, I would think about LSU. Uh, I think they could win the game outright. I wouldn't be terribly surprised. It feels like Tennessee is not going to get all the way through here unscathed to the Georgia game. So this could be a spot. We know what happens at LSU. Uh, when you when they get those home games, this is a 12 p.m. game. It's not a 7 p.m. game, so it is a little different there. But I would not be surprised if you go down to full-throated Baton Rouge and uh, you take an L for Hendon Hooker in the ball.
1: Yeah, Tennessee at Bama next week. Yeah, just go ahead. Really
2: quickly, would you would you play the under in this game, 63 and a half? The reason I ask is because LSU, you know, only given up around 14 points per game, which is eighth in the country.
0: I kind of like an under, but not necessarily because of a defensive statistic. I think anytime you have those like SEC, yeah. I know Tennessee is not an SEC West team, but anytime you have those out West central time, 11 a.m. kicks, I think the under is just sort of naturally the spot to go on. I just would be a little nervous taking an under with Hooker at this point because the, the way that offense has been rolling, I mean, it, this it could go any sort of game script. But yeah, I mean, if I'm playing the total, I'm playing the under.
1: Talking with Chase Kitty from the Lion's Edge podcast from BetMGM. Chase, let's shift to the NFL now. want to get your thoughts on this Falcons and Bucks matchup. Atlanta's 4-0 against the spread. Tampa, as we know, they've lost two straight games, two big games too, right? The Packers and the Chiefs, two games that they circled on their schedule that they got up for. Now they're back home again, third straight home game. They play an Atlanta team, both these teams 2-2, two two, tied atop the NFC South. And the spread keeps ticking up towards the favor of the Bucks. They're minus nine now. What are you doing in this game between Atlanta and Tampa?
0: I kind of like Atlanta. I haven't bet it yet. I'll tell you what I have bet with Atlanta in just a second. But I, it, it just feels to me like the Bucks have real offensive line problems that aren't going to get any better anytime soon. Atlanta can play ball control. I think they're a little more dynamic of a team than I really thought they would. I don't know how much the defense is going to do for you, but they can really run the ball. And I think if they play ball control, if they keep the ball away from Brady, you could keep this to a one score game. Now they're the games between the Falcons and the Bucks have not been super competitive uh, the last couple of years, especially the games in Tampa. So that concerns me a little bit. It doesn't matter if you're catching nine points, if they're winning by an average of 25 points, but I do kind of like Atlanta in general right now as a buy spot. I went ahead and took them yesterday at 5-1 to one to make the playoffs just because I'm not saying they're going to win the NFC South or anything, but 5-1, to one, the NFC is going to have seven playoff teams. Somebody's going to get in there. So I'm looking at teams like Atlanta at 5-1. to one. I'm looking at teams like Seattle at 8-1 to one because somebody's got to get in there. Learn more at Marines.com.
2: Yeah, I'm curious, Chase. We look at another game that's a little bit interesting, and that's the Giants versus the Green Bay Packers. The line is tick, tick, ticking up a little bit as well. Started, I really think, seven and a half. Now we're getting eight, eight and a half. Uh, Starting to creep up to the nine. Uh, What would you do in this spot? Because I think the initial thought, and this is what Ryan was was saying to us last night, uh, you know, even with Green Bay going to uh, going to London for the first time, he just thinks without Daniel Jones, without Tyrod Taylor, what are they really going to be? Uh, what are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, this is, I think, the first game you guys have asked me about, either college or pro, where I definitely have a firm play. So I'm really happy that I can like, deliver a definite pick here. Uh, I think for, I mean, it's, first of all, it's hilarious that Green Bay is maybe going to play a third-string quarterback for the second week in a row. Uh, it's It's a neutral game in London. We're talking about a third-string quarterback and a Green Bay team that has trended low-scoring offense and very competitive defense throughout the entire first month of the season. This is an under 41.5 for me. I'm not going to get involved in the spread, but the the total there, the play on the under, even at a low number like 41.5, is one of my favorite NFL bets of Week 5.
1: Chase, what are some of your other favorite plays of the week so far, games maybe you've already bet or that you're interested in, whether it be NFL or college?
0: All right, uh, I'll give you a couple from college and one from pro. Uh, Navy Tulsa is, is way sleepy and off the board. Navy lost to an FCS school, Delaware, early in the season, and so they kind of got written off by betters and makers early on. Big spread. But since then, they've actually been really competitive. They've covered a lot. Now they're getting six and a half as a home dog against Tulsa. You could argue that Tulsa is the worst team that they've played since they took that FCS loss. So I kind of like maybe plus the six and a half at home. I think they could win out right. Another one that I like is uh, Mississippi State minus eight against Arkansas. This is just a matchup thing for me. Normally I'm a marketplace better. I'm looking for numbers. I'm looking to tail or fade line movement that I like, but I will get involved in a sort of a tactical analysis every once in a while. And this is one of them. You're talking about Mike Leach's air raid going against Arkansas's really leaky secondary. It's just a huge advantage for Mississippi State. I think when you mix in the uh, the Alabama hangover stats about how bad teams are against the spread the week after they play Alabama that's uh, that's a factor here as well so both of those are official plays for me that'll be in my column over at the roar which is bed MGM's blog. Uh, I like New New England's team total over 24 and a half they're playing Detroit at home this week New England. I don't think it's very good, but if you look at the first half of their schedule this year, very tough uh, opponents. Detroit, easily the worst defense they're going to play. I think even with Zappy playing quarterback as a third stringer, I think they're going to have a a nice offensive week, and uh, they'll get over that 24-and-a-half number.
1: I like it, Chase. I like the uh the Mississippi State play a lot against Arkansas. I'm gonna tell you on that one. Appreciate the time and insight as all as always, man. Enjoy the uh the games this weekend. Good luck to Thanks you.
2: Thanks for mushing me with those bangles.
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll have to talk about that another time,
2: huh? <laughs> yeah. Oh,
1: the kitty crushing the bangle. I mean you hate to <laughs> see it.